So all we got to do is go. Welcome to The Your Brother Show. A somewhat comedic podcast where two very different brothers talk about life, learning, and whatever else is on their minds. I'm Steven. And I'm Peter. Well, aloha, my brothers, as Peters. It's funny, I like, almost like a glitched myself. <laughs> I noticed that was weird. It was weird. Well, it's because I'm looking at your video, and I'm just at home today, so I'm hotspotted off my phone, so you're very laggy. So I think it's like looking at you being laggy and talking at the same time, and kind of got me all tongue-tied. Nice. So yeah, it looks like a real-life glitch. Well, besides you being in slow motion, how are you doing today? I'm doing super. Super duper, Dad. Yep. How are you doing? Fair to Midland, as they say. But who are they? Uh, I don't know. I think it was a sailing term or something like that. At least it's the story that I got, so... I'm doing fine. Been better, been worse, been sideways, been up, been down, backwards. So, all things considered, fair to Midland. Nice. So, you're not on fire, so that's good. I am not. That is a blessing. Yes. So, for those of you who don't know, the West Coast was on fire this last week, week and a half, something like that, week. Part of it still is, I'm sure. Yes. It is. Um, so Peter lives in Southern Oregon. So there's a lot of fires in the valley where he lives um, and where I used to live. So there was some evacuation going on and some preparedness and some people lost their homes. And so overall, just a pretty terrible thing and a pretty, pretty rough thing. Um, but thankfully, none of our immediate family lost their homes or anything like that. So that is a blessing. And Peter and his wife are safe. So that is also a blessing. Yep. We had to, uh, or we didn't have to, but we... Packed our bags one night when it was getting bad just to be prepared just in case we had to evacuate, but we never did. But it was an interesting um, kind of experience or um, what's the word? Endeavor. Endeavor, experience, experiment, like drill, like work through, walk through thing to think about, you know, what you would take if you did have to evacuate your house. You know, if you have a little time to prepare um we had a fair amount of time to prepare so you know like it's not just like grab what you can in five minutes and leave it's a little more prepared than that but thinking about like okay what would we take what would we leave and it's like going through our closet with clothes it's like okay so are we deciding what clothes we like best what clothes we want to keep and (laughs) what ones we're okay leaving behind and then part of me after that because i just packed you know a few shirts and a couple pairs of pants and you know just some basics and stuff and so i was like huh Maybe I could just get rid of the rest of the stuff that I didn't pack and just live off that. It's an interesting uh, kind of thought experiment. Yeah, afterwards, because our family has a um, message group, and everybody was messaging about what they were, if they had a bag packed, what was in it, or if there were to what they would do. So me and my wife had a conversation afterwards about what we would grab and stuff like that. And then ours, we already live in a tiny house, so it's not like we own tons of possessions. Um, and so basically it came down to, it was like, well, we'd got like a few clothes, like our documents and like phones and laptops. Cause those are like how we do work and stuff and communicate. Other than that, there's nothing really that we own that is that precious to us or, or like would be super heartbroken. I mean, yeah, it sucks to le- to lose anything. And so it's not making light of that. Um, but you know, it's kind of boils down to the essentials or, you know, what you could actually live off of. It's an interesting, it is an interesting thought experiment. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Well, so um, my heart goes out to everybody who has lost their homes or had to evacuate and just still all the aftermath of all that. So we're praying for you and hopefully there's good support where you are um, and all of that. But but my heart goes out to everybody. Ditto. Alrighty. So 
With that, Peter, would you like to jump into some questions for this week? Sure, let's do it. Alrighty. Um, so question number uno, number one, number first, the first one, single mark, single dash. Um, what is your go-to food and drink after a long day of work? Uh, so drink would be water. Food would Sparkling be... Sparkling or not? No, just water. Okay. And food would be dinner. What's... Ki- okay. Smart <laughs> Alec. What kind of food? I said what kind. What I food know. or drink? No, you I, just I, said what's your go-to food? Dinner is my go-to food and then after dinner is ice cream. So there's that. Okay. So ice cream is on there. What um, would be your food of choice for dinner? Korean beef is one of my favorite things that my wife makes. Mm. Um, it's like some sauce with the beef, ground beef that's cooked, and then rice and peas and cheese and all mixed together. It's it's just really good. Peas and cheese. Wow. Mm-hmm. That? Cheesy peas. Oh, so I should call you now. Cheesy pea. Uh, if you want, I mean. <laughs> Yo, what's up, cheesy pea? <laughs> Uh, okay, I don't think I've ever had the Korean beef your wife makes. Well, if you lived in Oregon, you would have had it for my birthday party a couple weeks ago because we made that for everyone. But you don't, so you missed out. Sorry. Well, I got you a birthday gift. You could have sent me like a little like hot box full of it or something. Am I supposed to like send you a gift back when it's my birthday? Is that the thing? I think it's called a party favor. <laughs> a parting favor? You already parted. A party favor. Oh, but you weren't at you weren't at the party, so you don't get a party favor. You have to be at the party to get one of those. What? That's kind of how it works, I think. That's ridiculous. Um, already, not sparkling water though. Not like a Lacroix or something. Um, I mean, not usually in the evenings. I have a Lacroix sometimes. Um, not often do I crave one though. Sometimes on a hot day. Sometimes in the evenings when. You know, water's kind of plain. But, like, less than once a week, I'll have a LaCroix. Less than once a week? Yeah. Wow. Now, man, now I want a LaCroix. What's your favorite LaCroix oh. flavor? Ooh, coconut. That's pretty good. It is pretty good. I like the hibiscus one. I was just going to say, that's going to be my second. I was like, we have this hibiscus one right now that is really good as well. Mm-hmm. That, or like the... Or the pomplamoose, which is like passion fruit, whatever. That one's pretty good too. Great, the great fruit. Grapefruit. Is that what the uh, pamplemousse is? Yep, that's French for grapefruit. Uh, what's your go-to though? Um, ice. Nice just for the drink and ice dinner. For dinner. Yep, just yeah, chomp on it for dinner and suck on it for a drink. Nice, nice ice. <laughs> Nah, I, I'm pretty simple. I'm pretty classic. Just a good hamburger and a beer is like a good thing after a long day's work. Just yummy. Fills you up. The beer tastes good. It's bubbly. So that's my that's my go-to. Nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on hamburgers are good. And then we have this one place that has, I mean, we have multiple places that have really good fries. But one of the places that we just had last night has some really good fries. So if you, especially if you get a hamburger, if you get a hamburger and some good fries, it's pretty good after a long day's work. Yeah, um, I haven't had dinner yet, and it's just about dinner time, so that's sounding really good. <laughs> Thanks. A nice juicy hamburger. Yeah, we can move on some now lettuce, to the next to the next, some to the next tomato, question. Some mm. applewood smoked bacon. Mm. Mm. 
Yummy. Alrighty, next question. Um, what is your genre of books? That's a hard choice? one because I don't read a whole ton. Um, but I know in the past several years I have, I mean, I've listened uh, with Audible uh, to a variety of books. And I know self de- self-development ones, I appreciate those ways to get better at productivity or time management or business or creativity or whatever. I'm going to improve kind of practical books. Um, and then besides that, um, there's like one author in book series that I've liked growing up. That's like a science fiction book series. Um, so I don't know if I like like science fiction as a genre totally, but there is just like one specific book series that I, that I like. So, yep, that's about it. What are those book series? Um, well, it's like three series of four books actually by Brian Davis called first one's Oracles of Fire, the next one's Dragons in Our Midst, and the last one is Children of the Bard. There are dragons in our midst, they say. Yeah. So it's fiction because obviously it's not all real, but like some of it's, it's based on like real life characters. So it's a biblical perspective or a story um and starts from creation and so there's like characters from the bible and from history that are interwoven throughout the story and it just goes it goes from yeah the beginning all the way up to present and like future time by a few years so i really appreciate the the creativity and the writing and the story and meaning behind it asland uh better than than that to me at least Better to you. Well, very nice. Uh, I'm somewhat along those same lines. Um, like, my go-to books seem to be... Well, mm, I guess there's actually, like, two that are my go-tos. You have two you books? Know, like science fiction. Yep, just two books that I <laughs> listen to back and forth all day long. No, I've been listening to a lot more audiobooks lately. Um, and science fiction, of course, is one. Like, right now I'm listening to Ready Player One, which oh, I've nice. seen the movie. Um, the book... Like everybody says, the book is better than the movie. More so, not necessarily better, I would say, more so it has more information. I think that's like a lot of times when people say that books are better than movies, that's because they're not a condensed version. So Mm -hmm. there's just so much more information in there. Um, One of the things they did, one of like the first big bat or first first big things in the book, like was completely different. I was like, "Hmm, well, that's kind of shocking. Like that's that different. But anyway, so science fiction, um, and then... Like, I think the I think the genre is technically like young adult novels, but it's kind of like that like like love story ish, or like the early teen or like the late teen love story kind of mm-hmm. thing. A lot of those are like by um, uh, John Green's. Who, who I listen to all the books that he has um, written, but he that's kind of his genre that he writes in. Uh, I listen to a few others as well, um, but the other day. Um, why was this was on my mind is the other day for the first time I listened to a, a historical love story. Um, it's Romeo about, and Juliet. Uh, <laughs> not Romeo and Juliet, um, but it was um, Eliza and Hamilton or Eliza and Alex, the love story. Uh, it's a three part se- or three book series or three book story, three book series, whatever. Uh, I just finished the first one um, the other day, but I actually really enjoyed it. Probably twofold because, like, I enjoy I'm enjoying that character of Hamilton because, of course, I like to play and all that. Um, but it, it was so interesting. I was like, I don't, I never listened to like a proper or read like a proper 
love story, but like this was written as like a love story would play out. So that was kind of fun as well. Um, I think I can appreciate it now more like being married and, and whatnot. But um, anyway, that was a fun um, that was a fun book that I was like, well, maybe I'll have to listen to some more of those genre because I kind of enjoyed it. Nice. Yeah, of uh, course you you like the uh, Hamilton book. Just when I thought I, I wasn't going to hear any more about Hamilton from you, boom, you bring out a book on me. I am not throwing away my shot. I will mention Hamilton at every turn I get. What if you're going? What if you're going in a straight direction? Ha! Then you won't mention it. Then I will fire it straight ahead of me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. Well, I will mention our topic. Actually, yeah, I'll mention our topic real quick because I feel like I don't want to spend too much time on it because it's going to make me sad. So anyway, but our discussion topic um is hard times. <laughs> Peter's just nodding his head in the background. Um, our discussion topic is hard times. Uh, how do you weather the storms and what makes hard times tough? And is there any way to avoid them? Are we talking about that now or are you just mentioning it? We're talking about it later. Uh, originally I was going to mention it, but let's go ahead and talk about it now because I kind of like want to like breeze through it and then go on to our last question. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, the last one's a bit more of a fun question. So um, yeah, hard times are obviously hard. They're tough. They're no fun. Um, and how, how do you weather storms? Um, for me, uh, I can say for sure it's with God's help. Um, otherwise, without him, not too sure what I'd do. It'd be a lot harder not having his spirit in me to comfort me and guide me. Um, and I mean, hard times are just a part of life. They're tough, I think, because there's a conglomeration of things going on usually in hard times. Um, m probably most of the time, it's not just like one thing necessarily that makes it hard, but there's one thing on top of another thing with other thing with normal life and other stuff. So it's it kind of piles up and becomes overwhelming. I think that's part of the, the hard time vibe. Um, and avoiding them, mm, maybe, but probably not. Chances are, if you've lived life long enough, hard times have come your way. It's kind of how life works, I think. There are hard times that come. Obviously, some people have more hard times than others, um, but to some extent or not, depending on, it just depends on the, the degree or the intensity of the hardness. Um, everyone experiences hard times, uh, from what I know. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on the, on the last part about avoiding them. Um, I think it's one of those interesting things if you look at different people's lives, historically, and people that you know as well, some people just seem to be more prone to it for whatever reason. So that's their lot in life. That's the journey that the Lord has them on. Um, so it's that part is interesting that way and how often those people um, have learned the secret of being content a lot more, um, have a better perspective on life than some of us that don't encounter it all that often or don't have very many tribulations. Um, but yeah, the hard times, I think what part of what makes them tough um, I mean, is it multiple to is multiple multiple to multitude is <laughs> a multitude of things there's a multitude of things that make them tough however um i think one of them can be like the your vision gets hazy almost in a way like it's hard to see the end a lot of a lot of these times um whether it's you know fires or the whole covid thing or some like relationship hardship or some anything like your direction gets all thrown off um so that so that can be really hard um yeah same with you i'm thankful that uh, i have the lord in my life to be able to you know have my direction constantly pointed 
one way uh, that can kind of help ground you. You can imagine if you didn't have that, how much more easily it would be to get really worked up about stuff. Um, and it still is easy to um, get worked up about things, even with the Lord, but he can kind of help ground you um, a little bit. Um, yeah, and I think part of the thing about is, yeah, having um, good, well, I was going to say good morals, but yeah, having the Lord really helps, and also having good people around you, having good friends, good family, a good support system, um, that can be really helpful because they can kind of, if you're going through something um, that's affecting your life, they can kind of help pick up the pieces um, and put you back together a little bit um, along the way. So like, I've just been, that's been cool to see um, like on Facebook and stuff, just about like the fires in, in Oregon and the Valley and stuff, how people are, you know, trying to help each other and pick up each other's pieces and doing what they can to get each other back on their feet. Um, I think it's a really cool thing. Um, so community definitely helps with, with hard times for sure. Yeah, and with community, that's a big one. And people were made in God's image, so they were made for community. Um, our church really emphasizes community groups, which is, you know, small groups that meet in people's homes um, of similar age group of people or similar stage in life so that they can really connect with each other and, you know, support each other and have that community. Um, and so I know it's really cool to see that play out to see how people are able to help other people and support each other uh, through that community. Definitely. I think it's one of those things, especially like during these times of like COVID and all that kind of stuff. And it's, there's been almost like a roadblock put in place to being in communion with different people and having that community. Thankfully there is stuff like online and, and things like that. And, you know, it's now small gatherings and, and whatnot. I think it's add an extra obstacle to it, um, which can be pretty hard. It's easier to feel isolated, I think. Um, but it's been, you know, it's never fun to see some kind of like disaster, like fires or anything like that. Um, it's never fun to see stuff like that, but I think in a way it is encouraging um, to see that some people are still good and they are still band together in community. Um, so I think in the end, it all will work out good. Um, not fun or doesn't, it doesn't always make sense. Um, but in the end, there's some good that can be gleaned from it or some encouragement at least. Yeah. It's kind of bittersweet to say that there is a good side to hard times. Um, but that's, you know, a refining process similar to, you know, working out that analogy is, useful for a lot of things. You have to tear muscles and break muscles down for them to build and grow back stronger than before. That's the whole, that's how, you know, working out works. Um, so with hard times, really it molds your character, it shapes you, it helps produce endurance and perseverance and so many things. So it's like keeping that in mind too, as you're going through it, knowing that hard times don't last forever. There will be an end, even if it's not in sight. And that on the other side, there's going to be stuff that you've learned and that you've grown, grown closer to other people, um, been able to support and help others um, through it. Um, so it is cool in that way that there is, you know, a positive amongst all the negative. Yeah, it's, it's good to try to pick out the positives in stuff um, rather than just see the negatives. Because if you want to, you could just see all the devastation and, and hardship. Um, but if you're intentional about pulling out the good things, if, even though if they're very few, but at least pulling out the few that are there, um, I think that can be encouraging sometimes. So, so for all the people, again, who are going through hard times and tough times and storms and um, the stuff that isn't fun, um, keep, keep at it. Keep your head up. Um, find people that can help you along the way. Um, seek out community. Seek out friends. Seek out 
um, different people's wisdom and whatnot. Um, and in the end, it'll all work out. And like we had said before, you know, for us, hard times, they're not as hard as maybe they are for other people. We have God's help um, that brings great comfort and, you know, support to us because we have the hope of eternity with him. Um, so if you don't have that, um, I'd encourage you to to consider that, to think about um, what salvation in Jesus means and um, having that hope of heaven and eternity. Um, this life doesn't last forever. We are uh, souls created um, to be with God, um, and we just have to turn to him. So that's my little encouragement there. Uh, feel free to reach out to us or ask someone that you know if you're curious to know more about what Jesus can do for you. Amen to that. There's your uh, gospel brochure for to speak. Alrighty, Peter. Well, for our last question, that's something that I was thinking about earlier today, kind of in a longing, in a longing um, emotion, a longing manner. Um, but what is one of your favorite uh, things? Wow, and I worded that question weird. I'm going to say it how I worded the question, but what is one of your favorite things as a child you wish you could go back to doing? Man, that was not a poetic way of writing that. But there's the question. It probably still gets the point across, though. <laughs> I guess um, so. That's the point of communicating. And, yeah. And I appreciate this question. Um, yeah, the nostalgia, the the memories, the longing for simpler times is a way that I've thought about it before. Um, I had kind of this feeling related to this question come up a couple months ago. Um, just like, man, I wish I could just go back to being a child and like doing, you know, this. And for me, that's uh, coloring in cool coloring books with Prismacolor colored pencils. Um, I really yes. enjoyed that. Um, I love, obviously, I'm a graphic designer, so I love design and um, geometric shapes and abstract shapes and, you know, modern art and um, things like that. So I have, I uh, still have a few of the coloring books from growing up that were different um, geometric shapes, designs, patterns, mosaic things. Um, and I really enjoyed picking out all the different colors with the pencils and being precise in where I colored them in. And um, one of my favorite things was if the coloring book had a front cover. Most of the times the coloring books had a front cover that was, that design was also one of the blank pages, the blank uh, coloring pages in the book. Um, and usually that front cover was partially colored in. So what I did was I would try to match the colors on the cover with the Prismacolor pencils I'd have um, so I'd test them on a blank piece of paper and um, line them up to see how close it was of a match to the color and then find that page inside the book and, and color it to replicate the front of the book. Um, so I remember that. That was always a really fun part of it for me. That's awesome. Yeah, I forgot about coloring or Prismacolors, how they were such a big thing. They're awesome, though. Yeah, you can't use like Crayola colored pencils or any other, any other brand colored pencils, only Prismacolor. They're the best. Yeah, they don't color as nicely as the other ones. Yeah. When you were saying that, though, I was like, this is such a Peter answer. Like, what a nerd. Whatever. <laughs> no, it's super awesome, though. That's really great. This uh, episode is sponsored but not sponsored by Prismacolored Colored Pencils. Use which, which code at, at checkout to get what discount, Stephen? What is that? Uh, that's going to be Peter negative 4. Peter negative 4 discount to get negative 4% off your entire purchase. Is that like the like the minus sign, like the hyphen for negative four, or do you have to spell out negative? Uh, you actually have to spell out negative, so you have to be a smarter person than I am to be able to use this promo code. Do you also have to spell out four, or is it the number four? It is the number four, though, so let's not be confused. Okay, cool. 
So, there you go. Uh, Prisma Color, if you want to uh, sponsor us, uh, you know where our email is. Negative 4% off. So, actually, it's really good for you guys. It's really good for Prisma Color. <laughs> <laughs> Try to give them all the money we can. Um, yeah, so for me, like, one of the things as a child, just, like, playing with toys. Specifically, playing with, like, toy cars or, like, Lego vehicles I had built. Um each one of them. So I still have all my like Hot Wheels cars that I had when I was a kid. Um, sometimes I'll dump them out and have let my nieces and nephews play with them. Um, and still now I can like look at each one of them and like they all have a personality to them. They all have their own like little background story. Um, they all have different, you know, in my head, they all have different voices and different ways they act and move and some are mean, some are nice and all that kind of stuff. But I remember I could just play with those things for hours and hours and hours on end, just imagining different different stories, different skits, and often there'd be a continuing story from the last one. I mean, they've all been friends for years and, and all that kind of stuff. So um, that I really miss that. I was like, I had dumped them out like a month ago for the kids to play with. And I had a couple in my hand and I was like, man, these two were like my favorite and they were best buds and like all the adventures that they had went on. And like, I don't know, just that, just that innocent um, creativity and freedom um, of the wandering mind of a child was like, it's so cool to reminisce about um, and some of the things, especially, you know, with what's all going on and this life stuff that you have to do. Sometimes I'll, like, take a step back and be like, ah, man, I wish I could just, like, sit down for hours and just play with those cars and, and just not have to worry about anything and just have them go on amazing adventures again. That is so awesome. And I never did anything like that. Growing up, I always thought it was interesting. You would make Lego cars and things and you'd pretend with them and play with them and interact. They'd interact with each other and everything. Like if I got a Lego set, I'd build it. The building it was the cool part, and then it would sit on a shelf. I'm like, I'm done. Let's wait till I get the next another set to build. I, and like hot wheel cars. I mean, there's to some extent we had like a mat that we put down to drive hot wheel cars on. So like when I was a lot younger, I think there's some amount of like pretending and driving the cars on that. But then from other memories that I have, it's like you know I didn't really play pretend near as much as you did in that way. Um, so yeah, it's interesting that difference. That is so funny how, yeah, two brothers, you know, raised in the same house, same parents and everything, but can just be vastly different in the way the mind works. And yeah, still even now to this day, like, like I'll, the kids will get a toy and I'll be just imagining, be like, oh, this one probably, this one has like this personality. And it's cool to see the nieces and nephews that I have here because um, the different kids are, some of them are more like that and some of them aren't. So it's, it's cool to see, you know, kind of like watch them interact with the toys and the way they're moving them and stuff. And I'm like, you know, there's some epic adventure going on in your head. And that's, that's really cool. A few months ago, when I was thinking about the same topic, um, kind of like what you said, you know, you know, you just wanting to go back or just have, you know, hours to just play and, you know, do nothing basically and just make it up as you go. Um, part of me wonders if that's missing in a lot of people's lives and in a lot of adults' lives, if, um, you know, we should make time for that to just play with toys like like a child and you know do nothing basically um it's especially in the american culture there's so much focus on work and productivity that i don't know not to say that you know that's bad or you know you should have fun more or mess around more but i don't know it's different like you know living for the weekend or waiting for the weekend and then like having that as your time off like different times off at different times good but like just during the day, like having a certain amount of time to just, yeah, I don't know, kind of play and explore as a child. There's lots of learning and creativity that comes from that, not having any agenda or plan, 
um, or schedule, but just doing something. I don't know, I think there's some cool value in that. Yeah, that reminds me of a conversation we were having a couple weeks ago, um, kind of about daydreaming. Um, I think that's kind of probably where my mind goes to. That's probably what it stems from as a kid, playing like that and making up these adventures. You know, daydreaming is kind of what we were talking about, about how I don't wish this for my life. It's not what I want it to be necessarily, but it's just a fun, you know, thoughts to have and fun, fun thought experiment. Um, so I think there's definitely some of that probably plays into it a little bit. Um, but yeah, you know, being intentional about setting aside time to also I think it's good just to be able to set aside time to have nothing you know don't have any music playing have any you know don't be looking at anything on social media or anything like that just just kind of be for a little bit um I don't know that probably sounds hipstery or weird or whatever but just having a little time to take in the world and have thoughts and thoughts of your own and your own ponderings um I think that can be good and I think that's our brain needs those those moments and it's not like you sit aside for hours and hours and hours on end but this was little moments been able to to have those kind of decompression times and those times of wonder and and different thoughts you know yeah definitely um that reminds me of the concept of shower thoughts um people talk about that you know you're taking a shower you're doing nothing besides that and it's kind of a total mm-hmm. break from whatever else you're doing and oftentimes people will have great grand discoveries of thoughts um in the shower or while driving or mowing the lawn or doing some some you know, kind of mindless task or routine thing. Um, so there's definitely value in that. Um, and it makes me wonder if that should be, you know, if we should kind of search those out more or make more time for those sorts of things to allow our mind, yeah, that break and um, that freedom to kind of just, yeah, wander a little bit and then, you know, new discoveries will come. If we're always trying to focus our mind so much and work and accomplish something, then we'll miss We'll miss some things that kind of come at random without us knowing. Yeah, exactly. Kind of, that kind of makes me think of a study the other day somewhere, um, the term um, thought leader. And it's kind of, there's a whole, you know, almost industry or a whole field of people who are, who just set aside time to think. And that's like what think tanks are about. Um, yeah, and thought leader was just, it was an interesting concept to me. I have definitely heard it before, but it kind of, I don't know, it caught my attention the other day. I'm like a thought leader, like isn't that kind of what we all should be? Shouldn't we all be putting, you know, our, our thoughts and minds to work um, all the time? And some some of us are able to do that more than others, just given life circumstances. And if you're not, you know, this is, we can be able to do this. We have a very privileged position to be able to do this. Um, so it's very, you know, very thankful for that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting that kind of whole field is set aside for people just thinking about things. Are you going to uh, change vocations now and become a, a thought person, thought creating person thing well if somebody would love to give me lots of money for it then i'm sure i'd be down what where do people who do that work like the think tanks the thought people thought leaders or whatever how do you become that that's a great question that's your homework for this week peter um come back next week and let me know my homework you're the one who came up with the idea but you're the one who had the question good point i will uh google so what it. you put your thinker to work <laughs> Alrighty, everybody. Thank you for joining us for the Oh Brother Show. Um, I have no idea how long this one was. Let me pull up the little timeline. I was going to say for a shorter one. And I guess it's shorter-ish. Ish, 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 ish. Um, but anyway, if you have any thoughts, questions, um, if you want to tell us your tales of hardships or your childhood um, wonderings or longings, um, be sure to email us or however else you can contact us. Um, anything else, Peter? 
Uh, yeah, if uh, you guys know um, why plants hate math, you can let me know, too. So, let me know. Why plants hate math. Yes, I'm not asking you, Stephen. Don't answer it. I'm asking them to answer it. Alrighty, sounds good. Well, I have some plants right outside my door, so I'm going to go ask them and see if they know. Perfect. Alrighty, everybody. Well, be good to each other. And as we say, final hasn't been done. And make it done. Goodbye. 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 Bye. 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 B